The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is your home for free daily video picks from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's like YouTube for sports gambling. Make sure to subscribe to our profile at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. And finally, we're also brought to you by Riffa. Riffa is your home for mini podcasts from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Subscribe to our Riffa channel today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Riffa. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Riffa. R-I-F-F-R. That's Riffa. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Riffa. You are listening to the EPL show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. Also check out my website, lockbetting.com, where my clients are cruising towards their 95th month of transparent track profit. You can look at last month's spreadsheet at SGP Soccer on Twitter. That's at SGP Soccer on Twitter. Or you can see all of the previous months over at LockBetting.com. You can still sign up for the second half of the month, but if you don't want to do that, wait until May the 1st, where we look for our 96th month of transparent track profit. We are just 18 days into this month, and we've already secured a 20-unit. That's £2,000 profit. That's good for over $2,500. I'm going to keep the um, the promos here short and sweet because we have a show to do, but we also must discuss this European Super League situation. If you guys have been living under a rock, you probably are not aware that there have been plans rolled out for 12 teams from across Europe to join a European Super League. Now, they want their pie and they want to eat it too. They simply want to get rid of the the Champions League and the Europa League, and they've taken the steps to do this themselves so they can compete in a midweek European Super League and the um, Premier League as well and all of their other domestic leagues from whatever teams these countries come from. They initially are coming just from Spain, Italy and the EPL. Half of the teams are the EPL teams. You have six teams from the EPL, three from Italy and three from Spain with from what I understand, Dortmund, Bayern Munich, Paris Saint-Germain and Ajax for the teams that refuse to be in it. And they're receiving a lot of praise for that at the moment. But 12 teams have agreed to be a part of it. What this means is that there will be no relegation and there will be no promotion. It will just be the same 12 teams every year. They do want to get it up to 20. But as I said, some teams refuse to be a part of it. And that means that through winning the Premier League, you will not get access to the Champions League because it won't exist because these 12 teams want their own midweek competition every single year. This is a big pile of of bullshit. It's fucking disgusting. Um, Nobody wants this. Obviously, it's a chance for the elite to to gain... um, 
to gain permanent notoriety by being a part of this. Obviously, this league will be picked up by all TV stations across the world. And obviously, there's a massive payout for the teams to do this in terms of completely disregarding the Champions League and taking what is being reported as the 3.5 billion each to be a part of it. It's just gross. It's just greed. It just it just stinks of everything that's wrong with football. Look, we're not the NFL. We don't need franchises. We don't need um, teams permanently being a part of it when they're as bad as the as the Jacksonville Jaguars, where there's no up and down system. Every single franchise is forever included in the NFL. That's not what it's about. We have a tiered system. We have relegations. We have promotions. We have the opportunities for teams like Leicester to win the league and then to compete in the Champions League the following season. That's what football or soccer is. It's a chance for, it's all inclusive of everybody to have the opportunity to, to win something. It's not of a case of, of 10 or 12 elite teams deciding that we are better than you and deciding to formulate their own league and then even going, even go one step further in terms of um, resting players for your domestic league and mainly focusing on the big midweek league that these 12 teams will play in where all the money's at. This is a fucking disgrace. And this come, this is the problem that comes when you have assholes from Saudi and, and assholes from America, like buying clubs and you don't know anything about football. You don't know anything about the core of soccer. You don't know anything about the support. You don't know anything about what's behind it. You're just only interested in money and, and financial success and, and growing your brands financially and, and separating from everything that is football. This whole idea can go to fuck. Like, I'm not interested in it at all. Will we have to cover it here? Yeah, of course we will. Like, and obviously if this becomes what elite football is, then this is what elite football is going to be. And will we like it initially? No. But will we have to cover it? Yes, because this is going to be the best form of soccer. This is going to be the, the place where all of these teams are going to have all of the players. And when you're looking at these budgets of, of 3.5 billion that they're all going to get, this, you can understand why an Arsenal and a Tottenham would, 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 would go this direction because they will then have access to, to the players that they will never have had before. It's, it's, going to be, it's going to be 12 of the absolute richest clubs that are going to absolutely obliterate all of the clubs underneath them. And it's pretty fucking disgusting that the, that the likes of uh, Manchester United and Manchester City have done this, and especially Liverpool, because they're they're supposed to be the most working class teams, and you'll never walk alone. And and night uh, uh, we pay tribute to our, our ninety six fans every single season because at our core we are Liverpool Football Club, and blah blah blah. Fuck off. Like, it's all a big pile of bullshit as soon as you sign, not even if you go ahead with it, but your intent shows immediately what you are, and that's a greedy bunch of motherfuckers that want to do this, and it makes it very, very difficult to, to know where to stand with this, because obviously... This isn't down to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the manager of Manchester United, had to give an awkward interview about it yesterday. This isn't down to anyone who plays in, in the football club. You can't put this on the players now. You can't put this on the managers. This is all about the ownership. And as I said, it's, it's happened. It's a disease. It's Saudi ownership. It's American ownership that's taken over this club. It's to expand the brand to, to, worldwide, rev, to, to worldwide avenues because... 
the, the assholes that, that live in America and the assholes that live in Saudi and the assholes that live in Japan and China can't get interested in a game between Manchester United and Burnley. They can't get interested in a game between uh, Manchester City and, and West Ham. They can't get interested in a game between uh, Barcelona and Deportivo Alaves. They, they, that somehow they need to have the elite playing the elite every single week. And yeah, you can go and play your domestic leagues, which is what they want to do. But primarily, the main focus will be on the European Super League that happens in midweek. At least we're seeing some pushback here. We're seeing the Premier League and, and the FA and, uh, and UEFA standing up and saying, if you do this and any player that does this and any club that does this, you will be barred from your domestic league and you will be banned from your countries. If this goes ahead, there will be no representation of the likes of uh, Bruno Fernandes and Cristiano Ronaldo and Kylian Mbappe and Romelu Lukaku and Kevin De Bruyne and all these players will not be at the 2022 World Cup. This has absolutely blown up. This is fucking nuclear. Like, I don't come in here and F and blind, but what, what the fuck do we need this for? To, to, to generate a, a bunch of prawn sandwich fans that might come in and, and watch the game without any, like, love or passion. We don't need it. This is already the number one game in the world. This is already the biggest fucking sport on the planet. This is already the World Cup is head and shot. Fuck the Super Bowl. Fuck your Super Bowl. We kill the Super Bowl with our World Cup and our Champions League every single year worldwide. There's no comparison. We don't need to do this. We don't need to be a part of this. This doesn't need to happen to our game. And um, do you know what? I'm going to put some audio in here. Uh, of Gary Neville, Gary Neville, former Manchester United right back and England right back, uh, giving his immediate response to this fucking bullshit as soon as it was announced. I'm going to play this for you. Let's bring in uh, Gary Neville, who, as you uh, heard, was uh, reacting to this news as it seeped through while he was commentating on the game at Old Trafford this afternoon. Gary, what would you say now you've had time, a little time, to consider what... Um, what this European Breakaway League is all about and the reaction to it so far? Well, the reaction to it is that it's been damned, and rightly so. Um, I mean, I'm a Manchester United fan and have been for 40 years of my life, but I'm disgusted, absolutely disgusted. I'm disgusted with Manchester United and Liverpool most. I mean, Liverpool, they pretend, you know, you'll never walk alone, the people's club, the fans' club. Manchester United, 100 years, born out of workers around here. And they're breaking away into a league without competition that they can't be relegated from. It's an absolute disgrace. And honestly, we have to wrestle back the power in this country from the clubs at the top of this league. And that includes my club. And I've been calling for 12 months as part of another group for an independent regulator to bring checks and balances in place to stop this happening. It's pure greed. They're imposters. They're imposters. They're nothing to do. The owners of this club, the owners of Liverpool, the owners of Chelsea, the owners of Manchester City, they're nothing to do with football in this country. There are a hundred and odd years of history in this country from fans that have lived and loved these clubs. And they need protecting. The fans need protecting. I benefited from football hugely. I've made money out of football. I invest money into a football club. Now, I'm not against money in football, but the principles and ethos of fair competition and the rights to play the game so that Leicester win the league, they go into the Champions League. Manchester United aren't even in the Champions League. Arsenal aren't even in the Champions League. You watched them earlier on today. They're absolute shambles of a football club at the moment. Tottenham aren't in the Champions League. And they want a God-given right to be in there. 
They're an absolute joke. And honestly, the time has come now. Independent regulators, stop these clubs having the power base. Enough is enough. It, there does seem to be the suggestion that they would need permission from the Premier League to take part. And without it, it would have to be a breakaway, not just from UEFA competition, but from our domestic competition as well, Gary. So with that in mind, let's be clear about this. What is the motivation well, you know, the motivation is it's greed. Dave, my reaction earlier on wasn't an emotional reaction. Deduct them all points tomorrow, put them at the bottom of the league and take the money off them. Seriously, you've got to stamp on this. This is a, it's criminal. It's a criminal act against football fans in this country. Make no mistake about it. This is the biggest sport in the world. This is the biggest sport in this country. And it's a criminal act against the fans. Simple as that. Deduct points, deduct their money and punish them. Do you think these clubs would have the courage, knowing um, how much widespread Dave, condemnation the, there is, to go through with it, Gary? Dave, the bottle merchants. You never hear from the owners of these clubs. Absolute bottle merchants. They've got no voice. And then they'll, they'll probably hide in a few weeks and say it was nothing to do with them. Oh, they were only talking about it. Seriously, in the midst of a pandemic, an economic crisis... Football clubs at National League level going bust nearly. Furloughing players. Clubs on the edge in League 1 and 2. And these lot are having Zoom calls about breaking away and basically creating more greed. <sighs> Joke. Roy, what would you add to that? Believe it or not, I agree with everything Gary said, which is quite unusual. But yeah, I go back to it. We mentioned at halftime. I think it does come back to greed. Obviously, we've seen new ownerships come into the English game buying premiership clubs, championship clubs, League One clubs over the last, what, 10, 15, 20 years. And it is, I, I agree, it's just greed. That's the only word I would use to describe it. So, yeah, you heard a little bit from uh, Keno, Roy Keane there at the end. Um, everybody is echoing this. It's not just Gary Neville, it's not just Roy Keane. There isn't, I haven't seen a single ex-player or pundit that's agreed with it, not on any, not on any channel that I've seen. Um, again, I've got a clip here, Rio Ferdinand talking about it on over on BT Sport. I'm going to play that for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations indeed. And this story about a, a big European breakaway league, um, we all want more information, just like Brendan, about that. And there's a chance we'll get more information in about 35 minutes' time because there's a, there's a rumoured letter of intent from this new European breakaway coming out at half past nine. If the big six from the Premier League that are rumoured to be on that letter of intent have already signed up to show their intention to create a breakaway European Super League, should that alone be enough for them to face immediate sanctions? 100%. I think that this breakaway group of teams, this is, for me, a war on football. This is a, it's, it's a disgrace. Um, it's embarrassing. Um, and it goes against everything that, is, that, that, that football's about. It's a closed shop for these big wigs. And it's completely and utterly only about one thing, and that's money. The rich getting richer and the others not even being considered. There's no consideration for the history, for the people at the different parts of the pyramid below the top, top teams that they're trying to separate with. It's a disgrace. I can't believe it. How they've got the audacity to do it in the climate that we're in at the moment with the pandemic around the world, people struggling on the streets, people struggling all over the world, mm. and these lot are sitting there in their own little pub somewhere or their own little room, speaking and talking and colluding with this little idea of what they're gonna, they've hatched and then come out and break it like this. It's a disgrace. And I think even there's like parts of it the, 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 the element of being anti-competitive it goes against everything that football's about relegation promotion being rewarded for winning being punished for not winning these are things that add to the value of our game that we love it shows me and screams that these people have no idea what football's about it's purely a business transaction that's it 
It's no fault for anybody else in the, in the whole pyramid. It's nothing. There's no consideration at all. I can't believe it. We're sitting there. We've had to kind of zip our mouths through, through the game because you want to speak about this. Because oh, you look at your phone, your WhatsApp groups, you look on social media. The people that actually support this game and make it what it is. We've been here for all these times with no fans. Without them, this game don't feel the same. It doesn't feel the same. And they're the people this is going to hurt more than anybody. And the grassroots. I'll let Robbie go on to the grassroots as he's very passionate about that in a bit. But the people that make this game special are not being considered. It's the people at the top end of the game who are able in a position to make decisions who are making decisions without thinking about anybody else but their pockets. That includes your former club, Manchester United. Yep, it does. How does it make you feel embarrassed. about that club? I'm embarrassed. And listen, there's been so much things thrown at the owners over the past years and stuff like that, but this situation now, to be a part of that group, they're going to be a breakaway group and leave everybody for dead, that's an embarrassment. I can't, I can't believe it. And I'm sorry, but I'm a Man United fan. I love the club, but I can't stand by it and support something like that at all. So that was Rio. Before we move on to the show, I'm just going to play the immediate reaction. This is where I first learned about it from uh, from Roy Keane and Micah Richards, which was at halftime during the uh, Man United and Burnley game. I'm just going to play that, and then we're going to try and move on to the EPL show, even though I'm actually in no mood to do it at all. Uh, Goal is at Old Trafford, but no doubt that first half has been overshadowed by this breaking news this afternoon, which could have a seismic effect on European football. You'll have gathered some of it through that first half, no doubt, but reports are suggesting that England's traditional big six have all signed letters of intent to join a new European Super League. There is even suggestion there could be a formal announcement later this evening, along with the six clubs from England, along with uh, the three biggest clubs in Italy and Spain. And that news comes... Uh, what, less than 24 hours before UEFA's own proposals of a revamped Champions League are set to be published. Now, this is what the Premier League have had to say on this uh, in the last few minutes. The Premier League condemns any proposal that attacks the principles of open competition and sporting merit, which are at the heart of the domestic and European football pyramid. A European Super League will undermine the appeal of the whole game and have a deeply damaging impact on the immediate and future prospects of the Premier League and its member clubs. And all those in football who rely on our funding and solidarity to prosper. Uh, UEFA have now added a statement of their own in conjunction with the English FA, the Premier League, the Spanish Football Federation and uh, the Italian Football Federation as well and the French. We will consider all measures available to us at all levels, both judicial and sporting, in order to prevent this happening. Football is based on open competitions and sporting merit. It cannot be any other way. They add their players could be denied the chance to represent their national teams at future competitions. The Football Supporters Association put out a statement saying it's motivated by nothing but cynical greed by billionaire club owners who have zero regard for the game's traditions. Roy, what would you add to that? Totally agree with it. Well, the last few lines you've mentioned there, I think it comes down to money, greed. Obviously, we've heard nothing from FIFA yet, but it's, uh, it doesn't sound good. Let's hope they stopped in its tracks because it's, I think it, it is just pure greed. Mike, your reaction? Yeah, I, I agree with Roy. I mean, you know, the, the Premier League has been run amazingly. And we all know that clubs is an investment. It's a business at the end of the day. But what happens to the fans? What happens to the, the memories of 
what the, the fans have had over, over the years. They're just forgotten about for the sake of money. And that's the way football has become now. And I think it's an absolute disgrace, if I'm honest, Dave. But we talk about the big clubs, David, but if, if clubs like Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich are one of the biggest clubs in the world. At least they've made a stand, which is a good start. Well, this story will no doubt run and run. Um, the clubs involved, for the avoidance of doubt, would need Premier League permission to take part. It, it seems pretty clear that they wouldn't get it, and without it, you know what that means. They would have to break away entirely from the Premier League. So the Premier League itself is a threat, it seems, with this breaking news this afternoon. We will be asking Manchester United for their comment, and we await that uh, as this afternoon progresses, and this game progresses as well at Old Trafford. So, yeah, that was the immediate reaction. Look, we'll, we'll finish up on it, and I'll just finish up by saying this. You can see how the ex-players feel about it. You can see how anybody who's passionate about... So I'm not going to call it soccer because it's not soccer, it's football. Uh, I call it soccer here because I work on a soccer gambling podcast. I work for Americans and we're trying to bring this game into America through gambling. And uh, gambling is going to become widespread across the US and it's obviously good. It's all good things. And if soccer is a part of that because it is the number one sport in the world and uh, the MLS takes off under, you know, Beckham being there and, and all these other things that, that we need with, with players going over to the MLS. Yes, they go there when they're retired or ready to retire like Ibrahimovic and Beckham and, and, and Higuain, but the fact is, is that it, it is growing. It's obviously not growing enough. It's obviously not grown a lot as, as much as people expected off the back of, of USA 94, but there's another World Cup coming and hopefully we can get that growth. But we don't need it. We don't need you. We don't need to Americanize this sport. We don't need this to be big in China. We don't need this to be big in Japan or Russia or anywhere else in the world. It doesn't need to be anything because it's already the biggest sport in the world, bar none. It is the most watched and supported sport, bar none. It's already number one in its current climate. We don't need to Americanize this sport. We don't need VAR, which came from replays in, in the NFL. It's ruined our game. We don't need drinks breaks. We're tough enough to play on and play through. We don't need any of this any of this shit that's coming in. We definitely don't need Russian owners. We don't need Japanese owners. We don't need American owners. In fact, if you're not British and you own one of these clubs, you should be made to sell. You should fuck off and you are not allowed to own a Premier League club because this is what happens when selfish billionaires take over and take over clubs like this that will, that will run from the ground by supporters. There's a reason why Bayern Munich are not in this competition because Bayern Munich is a club in its structure that is owned by its own supporters. It is pure. It is true. It's real. It's a legitimate club. Everybody should stand up and respect Bayern Munich, not just for this, but always the way it's been run. And it doesn't surprise me that they're not there. Yes, it surprises me that PSG are not there because by definition, they are everything that's wrong with football. But they're not. They've taken a stand against this, so it seems. Just like Dortmund and Ajax. But these other 12, like, as a Man United fan, it's fucking disgusting. But the fact is, is that you need to look a little bit past this and see, look, this is nothing to do with the, the Busby babes. This is nothing to do with, with uh, Dennis Law and Bobby Charlton and George Best and Mark Hughes and Eric Cantona and Ryan Giggs and Beckham and Keane and everybody that won us the treble and everybody that won us the Champions League in 2008 with Cristiano Ronaldo and, and Tevez. It's nothing to do with these people. It's nothing to do with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and there, who's there now. It's nothing to do with any of the players that are there now. It's to do with owners that don't, that 
don't know fuck all about football or what anybody wants. Nobody wants this. And as I said, where would it leave Leicester and West Ham and all of those clubs? And, and all the clubs even lower down than that. What will it mean? They will become completely irrelevant because they will never be able to play in this bullshit league that we don't want because there is no promotion or, or relegation system. They have been handpicked and it's been determined that you are the elite. Well, that doesn't work in anything in life where you just turn around and say, you are elite. They're not elite. How elite did Arsenal look when they were struggling to beat Fulham yesterday? How, did they, how elite are they? How elite are Tottenham who fired Jose Mourinho today? These are not elite clubs. Manchester United haven't won a Premier League. It hurts me to say it. But we haven't won a Premier League since 2013. Everybody knows uh, when you follow my career that I'm against all the Super Leagues and something like that. Sport is, uh, is uh, to be the best. And also when the Champions League was existing, I said it's uh, rubbish because now the second and the third team and the fourth team is also playing. When you have a, 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 a competition, you have to be it between champions, in my opinion. And I've said that 20 years ago, and I say it, I say it now again. It's only commercially thinking. And when you are uh, thinking like a commercial uh, uh, a dealer, yeah, of course, you are right. But I think sport is to win. Not to be second or third. I had to put that in. I had to put one final clip in before we get off it. I, I dug that up and it was Louis van Gaal predicting how this would go and, and standing against it eight years ago. So, um, or sorry, seven years ago when, it, when he came into Manchester United. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's... Um, that, that that kind of says it all. That's why I had to integrate that clip in there. But we will we will move on because otherwise we could do an entire podcast just about this and we do need to talk about the midweek football. We begin with Leeds versus Liverpool, which is which is a game that may not even exist in the future. Because these these commercial morons have decided that uh, Liverpool are an elite club, but Leeds are not an elite club. Leeds won the final league season before we had a Premier League. Leeds were dominant in the 70s. Liverpool were dominant in the 80s, but they were dominant alongside Everton. Everton are a team that are not considered, despite the fact they are a massive club in England. Nottingham Forest and Aston Villa have previously won the European Cup, which is now the Champions League. So how did they not get the opportunity to be elite again? This, this, this match may not even exist next season. If, um, if the clubs have to completely break away or if they get in their way, they stay in the domestic league and this game might not matter because Liverpool might not have to get into the top four to qualify. So if they aren't actually challenging for the league and they realise they're not going to win the league, they may play four or five kids in this game against Leeds next season because the priority is midweek. The priority is the European Super League because there's no incentive to get into the top four. There might not be an incentive this season. We're analysing these games here. Leeds playing Liverpool. Liverpool need to win to get inside the top four. Chelsea versus Brighton. Tottenham versus Southampton. They don't need to get in the top four anymore if they're not playing Champions League. If Champions League doesn't exist in its current form and their Super League is the Super League and it's your guaranteed midweek action anyway, 
Like being in the top four won't matter. How is that going to work? If a Champions League still exists alongside the European Super League because the UEFA competition is still going to exist and the clubs just refuse to play it, does that mean if Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester United and Manchester City occupy the top four positions and they're playing a European Super League, that then the Champions League have to then take the teams in fifth, sixth, seventh or eighth? That's not a Champions League. Like, what is going on? I'm sorry to keep going back. I'm really trying to move on and do the game. Like, I'm really trying to understand Liverpool's motivation to finish inside the top four. And then same goes for when we get to Chelsea and Brighton. But we really don't know what's going on at the moment. And I think with all the resistance that they're facing, I don't think this is going to be implemented as early as next season anyway, because obviously with the whole with the whole the sanctions coming in and the whole World Cup situation and, and people calling for point sanctions. And look, all this is is appeasing these ADD supporters, these attention deficit supporters, these supporters that, that can't sit through Brighton versus Liverpool or, or Burnley versus Manchester United or, or they don't have an interest in the Merseyside derby, the big rivalries that exist between Liverpool and Everton or, or the rivalry that exists between a Leeds and a Manchester United, two clubs that hate each other. They don't understand that because they're not real football fans. They're just, they're just ADD fans that come in. They just want, oh, we want Barcelona and, uh, and Real Madrid every week. We want Barca versus Juve. We want Atletico Madrid versus Chelsea. We want, we want Manchester United to be playing uh, Juve or Bayern or, or all of these teams. We want these matches every week. Do you know what's special? Do you know what's special about when PSG get Bayern Munich again in a rematch of the Champions League final or when, or when Real Madrid win Liverpool, the two most successful clubs in, in European Cup history? Do you, know what's, do you know what's great about it when they draw each other? is that you don't know when you're ever going to see it again. You don't know when the last time is that you saw Real Madrid versus, or you know the last time you saw it, but it was always a few years back. And you look forward to these games. You look forward to seeing how the best compete up against the best. You don't get it every single week. Hell, even the NFL, which I've criticised, they don't give you those matchups every single season. They rotate in and out. We're going to oversaturate everything and take out, take away everything that's special about Barcelona versus Manchester United or Liverpool versus Barcelona or Real Madrid versus Liverpool or, or Chelsea versus Atletico or Inter Milan I mean, versus, versus whoever. I mean, AC Milan. I was just about to say AC Milan. AC Milan. They haven't even qualified for the Champions League for years. What's their God-given right to get in above Roma and above Lazio and Napoli, teams that have been more consistent than them? Honestly, this is a fucking joke. Um, let, let's move on. Let's do this game. Liverpool versus Leeds. And, and my reasoning here for, for taking Liverpool simply on the money line to win this game is because they need to win this game to qualify into the top four. And... Um, there can't be any other more reason than that. Liverpool's away record as of late has been relatively decent. Leeds are in that weird position where they could go on their holiday soon. Uh, obviously, with a manager like Bielsa, he probably won't allow it. But when you are in that middle position, historically, we do see teams in this position that aren't in relegation battles and aren't really competing for European football. Take the last few weeks of the season off. And that is the point we've reached at the moment. This is a bigger game for Liverpool on paper in the way, as the way things currently are in terms of trying to qualify for a Champions League that still exists at the moment in its current form. But, but, but fuck knows what's going to happen moving forward. And um, I have the same kind of analysis here really for, for Chelsea and Brighton on Tuesday where Chelsea are the 4-6 to favourites. It's 14-5 to on the draw and it's 21-4 to on Brighton. The only difference really between Brighton and Leeds is that um, Brighton still have to really compete here in order to stay in the Premier League. Fulham got that point against Arsenal yesterday. Had Fulham won that game, it may have got really, really um, interesting, but they didn't. 
So Chelsea are an easy pick here. This Brighton team have failed to win their last 14 games here against Chelsea, which makes it even easier. The Blues have won their last six clashes between these two here at Stamford Bridge. And uh, Brighton have lost six of seven meetings with the top five. Um, we've spoke about that before, where Brighton's nice football um, leaves them overexposed and top teams are able to capitalise it, which is why they have such poor results against the top teams. And Chelsea's have kept 14 clean sheets in 19 games under Tuchel. Obviously, that was the... Um, that was a higher percentage earlier on and they have been conceding some goals as of late but a brilliant performance in the FA Cup in, in the, at the weekend that I look forward to, um, and I look for them to um, move forward and carry that form into this game as they try and compete for the Champions League and qualify for the Champions League as well. Um, apologies, I'm all over the place today. I've uh, I've riled myself up too much about this this, this situation with the, uh, with the European Super League. I mean, I understand in one side of it as a um, as a supporter of these clubs, it completely protects our clubs. But uh, we don't we don't need these protection. We don't we don't support them as as businesses. We support them as 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 football clubs. So um, so yeah, just it's honest. It's 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 not it's not going to be the best show here from this point. I'm just going to go through my notes and um and and read out what I've what I've found here for these games. Um, Tottenham at home to Southampton next, where Tottenham are available at three to four. It's 14-5 the draw and it's 7-2 here on Southampton. Tottenham, of course, sacked Jose Mourinho this morning. We'll see if they get an immediate response. Very, very strange week to do that because you um, are still trying to get through to the Champions League, even though you have a faint chance of doing it. And you have a League Cup final at the weekend, which is your most important game of the season. I expect them Tottenham to to win this game with or without Harry Kane. Southampton season is done. They're in that weird position. They've got nothing to play for whatsoever. The last thing they had to play for was an FA Cup semi-final and they really underperformed in that game at the weekend. So I'm expecting nothing of them here. This Tottenham team, despite Mourinho going, have won three of the last four home league games, whereas Southampton have lost seven of the last eight Premier League away matches. Spurs have won each of their last two meetings with Southampton and Southampton have failed to score in four of the last seven away fixtures. This is a team on holiday and Tottenham a team that are looking to do what these rich players, these overplayed players do all the time, which is, oh, it wasn't us. It was our manager. The manager was playing the wrong style. The manager was playing the wrong formation. The manager didn't put an arm around us because we're so oversensitive, even though we're getting paid a hundred grand a week and we need to have all of this, um, all of this sensitivity towards us so that we can perform and do our jobs. Well, I can see these arseholes doing that and, and turning up and, and winning this game here uh, against Southampton. So Tottenham here at three to four will be my pick here for this one. Up next on uh, Wednesday, we have Aston Villa at home to Manchester City, where Man City are available at one to three. It's four to one the draw and it's eight to one on Villa. They're trying to create a narrative that Man United are back in a title race, but I spoke about it before in the last show. There's no narrative here for me. Man United are out of it. They dropped too many bad points. Had they beaten Sheffield United and uh, and, and West Brom, two very, very poor results that have five extra points, we would be looking at a three-point gap only between Manchester City and Man United. And with Man City prioritising the Champions League, um, we would possibly see a title race. It'll be interesting to see what Man City do here as far as a team lineup goes. I don't think De Bruyne is going to play. I think he'll be kept in cotton wool to see if he can make the League Cup final because like Harry Kane he's a player that limps off um, at the weekend and um, I think City will be able to still grind out a result but I don't see many goals in this one I think City and uh, under four and a half goals here at four to six is the way to go 
Uh, Aston Villa, of course, still missing Jack Grealish. But even without him, they could contribute a goal here as City now have failed to keep a clean sheet in any of their last four matches. However, City have won each of their last nine Premier League games away from home. So it's difficult to take them. Um, even if Villa score, I don't see this getting to four and a half because I think City won't have the players out there to absolutely obliterate this team in this situation. So Manchester City and under four and a half goals will be the selection here for this one. Up next, you have Leicester versus West Brom, where Leicester are available here at 8-13. to 13. It's 3-1 to the draw, and it's 21-4 in West Brom. West Brom are making a little bit of a late run. Do you know they've won their last two games in the Premier League in a row and done it by an aggregate of eight goals to two? This looks like a different team at the moment. And off the back of the high of um, reaching the um, the FA Cup final. I can honestly see Leicester dropping some points here. Uh, they struggle against teams like this. In terms of Leicester stylistically, they've got more points on the road this season for a reason because they like to sit inside and, and hit on the counter-attack. This isn't really going to be that kind of game. This is going to be a game where West Brom are sitting back and asking Leicester to break them down. And obviously over the last two games, they've shown the quality to be able to hit teams with sucker punches, which is why they've scored eight goals in the last two. So Sam Allardyce has found a way of playing, but it's probably going to be too late to keep them up. It'll be interesting to see if the relegation specialist Allardyce wants to stay with his team and, uh, and get them re-promoted because that's not really what he's known for. But I wouldn't be leaving this, this job looking at how West Brom have played in the last two games. Uh, I'm going to take a surprise pick here and I'm going to take West Brom to get something here from this game. Um, Leicester are priced up anywhere between 8 to 13 to 1 to 2 depending where you go. I'd shop around for where they're 1 to 2 because the, contra the contrasting price is, is uh, 6 to 4 on West Brom to avoid avoided defeat in this one and that's what I'm going to go with West Brom 2 avoided defeat in this one which is available at 6 to 4 plus 150 Final game I'm going to look at here is on Friday. Doesn't matter. Both of these teams don't really have any ambitions for the rest of the season, but at least Arsenal are still in the Europa League. For Everton, they'll be disappointed to not only not be challenging for the Champions League, but for European football to be completely seemingly gone for them as well. Um, they are the 7-2 underdogs here at Arsenal, who are the 4-5 favourites and it's 13-5 the draw. I think Arsenal are going to be fully in Europa League mode at the moment. And I think Everton um, could get something here because they have been one of the top away teams in the season. They rank fourth in terms of the best away record in the league so far this season and I think they can go away to Arsenal and get something who, as I said, will be primarily focused on the Europa League between now and the rest of the season. So I'm going to take Everton here on the double chance market. You can get that at shades of plus money at 21 to 20 and that's going to be my play here for this game on Friday. So that's it for this edition of the EPL show. The next show will pick up from the 12.30 kickoff on Saturday with Liverpool taking on Newcastle. So that's where we're going to start off the next show. Closing out with a lock here on this show. Um... Difficult one. I like the Man City in under, but um, the distraction of the League Cup puts me off a little bit. So I'm going to go just for Chelsea straight up here on the money line. You can shop around and get this at around about three to five if you get in early in the week. It's still available. Um, I like the data here of Brighton failing to win the last 14 meetings with Chelsea and with Chelsea winning each of the last six between these two at Stamford Bridge. I think they will be able to make it seven in a row. Obviously, when you're looking at setting 
incentives. Chelsea is bigger. Yes, Brighton could still go down, but it's difficult to see Fulham overcoming that points deficit when they can't even hold on to wins when they're conceding goals in the 97th minute. To me, that says you're going down. To me, that says West Brom are the team possibly to watch in the bottom three at the moment, even though they have a lower points tally than Fulham. They are the team in form getting a run going together at the moment. So uh, Burnley and Brighton are no are by no means safe, but their seasons won't be determined in terms of what Burnley do away to Manchester United, what Brighton do away to Chelsea. And uh, Brighton, as I said, have got a poor, poor record against the uh, against the top teams in the league. They've lost six of their last seven meetings with the top five and I see nothing changing here. So for me, this is a very, very simple lot. Continue riding the informed team in Chelsea. They've already had their massive blip against West Brom. I don't think they're going to be complacent here in this situation. So Chelsea to win and uh, that's your lock here at three to five. So that is it from this edition of the EPL show. I'm, uh, I'm sorry that obviously if you're not interested in anything that happened at the top of the show, you really should be. But I'm sorry that's occupied a lot of the show and we haven't left loads of time here for picks but we did get everything done and as I said we'll be back at the weekend beginning with Liverpool and Newcastle for another EPL show but that's it for me good luck with all your bets as always guys and thanks for listening